0: All right, let's have a word of prayer tonight before we get right into the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you because of your love. We want to thank you because of who you are. We want to thank you for all that you have done for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you because you finished it all. Thank you because you purchased it all. And thank you because in Christ we have all that we would ever need. Oh, thank you because in Christ all that pertains to life and godliness has been given to us. Father, receive our thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. Tonight we are here at your feet to learn of your I mean to learn of you to learn uh, your word. I'm asking that by the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, you would teach us tonight again in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm asking tonight that you will teach us, you will speak to us. In the name of Jesus, you will take this word and you will amplify it. You will distribute it to everyone tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I yield myself to you tonight. Let my eyes be your eyes. Let my voice be your voice. Let my thinking be your thinking. Let my utterance be your utterance. Let my meditation be your meditation. In the name of Jesus Christ, at the end of everything tonight, let everyone be transformed by your word. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Uh, Just like I said, it's going to be a very great night. Hallelujah. There are a lot of things that we are going to look at tonight from the word of God. And that is why I want to say again, if there are friends, neighbors, colleagues, family members that you have, that need to be here tonight please just bring them all on board and of course i also want to plead with you please stay to the very end from the beginning to the end it's going to be line upon line precept upon precept amazing things god will be unveiling to us by his word praise god all right we've been looking at the teaching series the doctrine of righteousness and we started this about three weeks ago so we've looked at the first part and and I think last week in closing we were trying to define to us what righteousness is. So please, in case you miss any of this part, I would strongly advise that you go watch them again. Now uh, we don't have the luxury of time to go back into some things that we have laid uh, the foundation already. Hallelujah. So tonight we are looking at the third part in this series, the doctrine of righteousness, part three. Hallelujah. All right, let's take our opening confession together. One, two, go. This is my Bible. I am what it says. I am. I have what it says. I have. I can do what it says. I can do today. I'll be taught the word of God. My, I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever living seed of the word of God, I will never be the same, never, 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 I will never be the same, in Jesus' name, amen, praise God. Alright, tonight, like I used to say, um, we have our golden text uh, from Romans chapter 3, we are going through the book of Romans, walking through the book of Romans tonight, by the help of the Holy Spirit. So please open your Bibles and come with me to Romans chapter 3 and we are starting from verse 19. We are looking at the Doctrine of Righteousness part 3, Romans chapter 3 from verse 19. I'm going to be using quite a number of versions tonight so I just want you to follow uh, as we look at what God has in stock for us tonight. Romans chapter 3. From verse 19. Let's look at what the word of God says. It says, Now we know, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it seeth to them who are under the law. If we look at this scripture, it is very clear. We will see the word them, them. It didn't say us, it didn't say all. So, this implies that it is not everyone that is under the law. Very simple. It implies that not everyone is under the law. He said, whatsoever things the law said, it's here to them who are under. So, there are some people who are under the law and there are some people who are not under the law. For example, what the law of the country, maybe United States of America says, is different from what the law says to somebody in the United Kingdom. It's different from what the law says to somebody in Nigeria. It's different from what the law says to somebody in Turkey. You get know what I'm trying to say. So, if the law says something to them, for example, in Turkey, you can't apply to me if I'm not resident in that country. Praise God. So, the Bible makes us to understand here that the law said what it said to those who are under the law so the question is is everybody under the law quick answer not everybody is under the law because if everybody is under the law the bible would have said it's here to all who are under the law i don't know if you get the word of god very simple this implies not everyone is under the law so somebody may ask who are those under the law of course the jews the jewish nation they are the one that the lord gave the law to through moses praise god now that every mouth may be stopped that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before god so the first thing that we are seeing here that the law is doing is that it stops the mouth of everyone very simple you, there is no way you will keep the law and you will be able to declare certain things. I don't know, maybe you get what I'm trying to say. The law paralyzes your utterance, the law paralyzes your confidence. Praise God. And that is why, when you come to the place of prayer, if you are not careful, you may not pray what you are here to pray. Because if you are broken in quote the law, (laughs) it's going to haunt you. And that's why you hear some people say, hey, I I can't pray this kind of a prayer. I can't ask this kind of a thing. Because they believe or they think that they are not worthy to do that. All right, but remember the Bible says that the righteous is as bold as a lion. And one of the things that uh, shows to us that you are bold is your declaration. Praise God. Alright, so that's the first thing the Lord does. The second thing is that it makes people guilty before God. And there is no way you can enjoy some things. In fact, there is no way your prayer will be answered if you come guilty before the Lord. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, he said, let us therefore draw boldly. Let us therefore come boldly. So as for those who want to keep the law. You can begin to see things that the Lord will do to you. Your mouth will be stopped, and you will become guilty before God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, as we uh, buttress this point. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. The Bible says, For if the ministration of condemnation so, the law is termed the ministration of condemnation. Have you heard what I'm trying to say? If the ministry of condemnation be glory, much more than the ministry of righteousness. Can you see that? So, God is saying that the law is the ministration of condemnation. <laughs> so, preaching the law is, is termed or is called the ministration of condemnation. And the Bible says the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. The ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Look at verse 19 again. He said, All the world may become guilty before God. So one of the things that this law is going to, is going to sponsor in your life is guilt. Now let's look at this Romans chapter 3. I want to spend a few more time because the church over the time and the law is not for the church. The law is not for the believers. (laughs) Praise God. No, the law is not created for you and I. That is the first thing you must know. <laughs> Praise God. I have said again and again in this Bible study, you are going to see many things that you were never taught in church. Praise God. Alright, so let's look at this in some translations to uh, to have a deeper understanding of what that scripture is saying. Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. That is where we are starting from. So I read from NLT. I read from uh, some Couple of versions here, and we look at what the word is saying. Romans chapter three and verse nineteen. All right, let's look at the New Living Translation. He said, obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. So the law is not given to everybody. He said, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses, and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. The law makes you. Guilty. Now look at amplified, look at what the Bible says. For we know that whatever the Lord of Moses says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that the excuses of every mouth may be silenced from protesting that all the world may be held accountable to God and be subject to his judgment. The law holds you accountable. For example, if you go into a country and they say that you don't speed beyond this limit. Any attempt to spin beyond that limit, you are going to be held accountable for it. But if that is not your country, if you step into another country where they don't hold anybody ransom for any speed limit, you are just raising and, you know, you are just enjoying yourself while driving. So the law holds you accountable. And there is no excuse. There's no, I don't know. I don't know there's a camera here. Oh, I don't know that I'm to drive 80 kilometers per hour. You are going to be given ticket for it. Praise God. So the law holds you accountable. Now look at C.E.V. For we know that everything in the law was written for those who are under under its power. The law says these things to stop anyone from making excuses and to let God show the world that it is guilty. So the word shows the world, the law shows the world of its guilt. And there is no way you will have guilt and be able to command some things. And this is what has paralyzed the church even till today. So we can see here that the law produces guilt. That's the first thing I want you to know. Number two, I'm trying to touch on the law before we go into some deeper things in verse 20. The law has limitations. Because I know there are many of us that just like obeying the law. And we think that the law is the Ten commandment. No. If you ever think that the law is Ten commandment, you are joking. Ten commandment is just one part. There are still 613. <laughs> so if you want to be righteous by the law, then get ready. And this is what you must keep every day, meaning that every day of your life you have 623 laws to keep. And so, if you want to be a gate man of the law, <coughs> this is what you are. I mean, you should get ready for. The law is not 10 commandments. Don't ever let anybody deceive you and don't be deceived. There are 613 other laws to be kept. So if you want to go through the route of the law, welcome on board. Just go into the word of God and itemize the 623 and be keeping them every day. And let us see how far you will go. And remember that is just the law according to the word. And don't forget if you break one law, you have broke all the law. So if you have been keeping it since morning and you go to 610, And you just broke one. You have broke everything. So you can see how miserable life is going to be by keeping the law. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) By trying to keep the law. Praise God. So the law is limited. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 verse 3. The limitation of the law. Romans chapter 8 and verse 3. I'm going to read in quite a number of versions also so that we will understand what the word of god is saying romans chapter 8 verse 3 let's start from the easy english bible romans chapter 8 and verse 3 look at what the bible says He said the law that god gave to moses can you see that the law that god gave to moses could not make us free the law cannot make us free it cannot even make anybody free It means that the law enslaves. You get what I'm trying to say. So it can't make anybody free. We were too weak to obey his laws because we are human. Just imagine trying to keep 623 laws in one day. (laughs) Praise God. Is that because we are human. But God has done what the law could not do. He sent his own son to become a person like us. His human body was like the body of people who do wrong things. God's son died as a sacrifice to take away the punishment for our sins. In that way, God destroyed the power of sin over people who are weak and human. This is what the law could not do. The law will point you to sin, but it cannot deliver you from sin. The law will tell you you are not right, but can never help you to be right. The law will tell you that you have done this, you have done that, but it lacks the capacity to make you do the right thing. And there is only one thing that can always make you do the right thing, and that is the grace of God hallelujah so you can see the limitation of the law look at what the bible says uh, romans chapter 8 verse 3 let's look at it in the passion translation we are looking at the limitation of the law he said for god achieved what the law was unable to achieve now if the law was unable to achieve this thing why are you still fostering or peddling the law why do you want to live according to the law i don't understand some people sit down every day and they are asking themselves, they are taking stock and they are like, okay, have I lied today? Have I done this today? Have I fought today? Have I gotten angry today? If that is the kind of Christian life you want to live, you are going to be frustrated, I'm telling you. You are going to be frustrated. And you are going to live in guilt and condemnation. Praise God. The Bible says what the Lord could not achieve, yet God sent his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and the power of sin. So the guilt of sin and the power of sin has been taken away. Jesus paid the price. To be under condemnation is to go and take what Christ has fixed. you hearing me tonight for you to be under guilt is for you to go and take what christ has fixed so the law is limited let's look at a few more things about the law the law kills in case you don't know, (laughs) praise God the law kills because this is the side many believers have been, This, this is what many people are trying to do today they are trying to do something to be right with God they are trying to do something to be justified in the sight of God many people are even trying to pay offering many people are even trying to fast, many people are even trying to walk in the church so that they can be loved by God where did we get this thing from Now, to even expose the law to you, the man that brought the law from the mountain, he broke that law when he got to the base of the mountain. The same day he brought it down. The same day he brought it, he broke it to let you know that this thing can't work. Now, that is what you now want to spend your life to live on. Are you hearing me? When Moses brought the law, same day, 3,000 people died. 3,000 people died. But when grace appeared, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus. Which one is more better? Which one is more better? 3,000 people died when the law was enacted. 3,000 people were saved when grace was enacted. Hallelujah. So there is no comparison with the law between law and grace. The difference is so clear. Hallelujah. So when we preach, the gospel of the grace of god we are preaching the ministration of life praise god we are preaching the ministration of life so i said the law kills second corinthians chapter 3 verse 7 for if the ministration of death that's what the bible calls the law the ministration of death and that's why I think three thousand people died the day moses brought the thing 3,000 people paid for it. <laughs> Praise God. It kills. The law condemns. Second Corinthians 3.9 These things are in your Bible. I'm not reading it from a storybook. Second Corinthians 3.9 For if the ministration of condemnation so the law condemns, the law kills. What again does the Lord? what, what will he do? The law strengthens sin it strengthens sin 1st Corinthians 15 look at what the bible says 1st Corinthians chapter 15 the law strengthens sin hallelujah the next thing is that it awakens and quickens sin it awakens and quickens sin it awakens and quickens sin, and quickens sin. hallelujah let's look at what the bible says in romans chapter 7 verse 9 romans chapter 7 and verse 9 we are looking at the subject the doctrine of righteousness romans chapter 7 and verse 9 hallelujah romans chapter 7 look at what the bible says for i was alive without the law once But when the law came, sin revived and I died. Do you see that? When the law came, it quickened sin, it made sin alive in me. So the law quickens, it makes sin alive. Haven't you read? where the bible says awake unto righteousness and sin not awake unto righteousness and sin not first corinthians 15 and verse 34 first corinthians 15 and 34 awake unto righteousness and sin not the only thing that can stop the issue of sin is not law; is grace praise god however we have been set free from the law and the course of the law. Please hear this and hear this. We are going into some deep things now. You know when many people preach to us, they tell us that Jesus Christ did not come to con- Jesus Christ did not come to condemn the law. They will now say so that is why we must keep obeying the law. That is a very terrible place to stand. Jesus did not condemn the law because he came to fulfill the law. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, is the only man that lived in the flesh that obeyed all the law. So that when I believe in him, it will be accounted that I have obeyed the law. So I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Jesus has obeyed the law, fulfilled the criteria, fulfilled everything that the Lord demands So when I put my faith in Christ, it is accounted that I have fulfilled the law. So there is no law to fulfill again except by the leading of the Holy Spirit. So we are not following 10 commandments or 613 laws. We are only following one commandment and that is the commandment of the spirit of life. Are you hearing me tonight? So Jesus set us free from the cause of the law and the law itself. And I'm going to show you. And that is why if you don't pay your tithe, you cannot be cursed. Oh, somebody is not hearing me tonight. Jesus set us free from the cause of the law. So, for the cause of the law to come on you, it will have to undo what Christ has done. Are you hearing me tonight so all this guilt that i'm going to i'm going to explain what titan does to you i pay tithe, so don't think i've come to preach against tithe. <laughs> no i'm a faithful by the grace of god i'm faithful to my titan but i, I need to explain a few things no all this I, hey don't let me come under the curse. so let me pay my tithe. that's not why you pay your tithe. no curse will come on you I'm, I'm telling you the scripture you may decide to believe it or not but that is the scripture. There is no cause that will come on you. Galatians chapter 3. It's your Bible. Open to the Bible. Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 8 to verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, 8 to 13. And the scripture for saying that God would justify the heathen by what? By faith. So we are not justified by works. We are not justified by law. We are not justified by actions. We are not justified by performance. We are justified by faith. Alright. preached before, the gospel unto Abraham. So what you are hearing was preached to Abraham, saying, Indeed shall all nations be blessed. And I hope you know that the blessing preceded the titan. <laughs> Alright, this blessing we are talking about. Okay, so so then, they which of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. So then, they will be of faith, not of law. They are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Please also remember that the promise came to Abraham 430 years before the law came. The blessing came to Abraham 430 years before the Lord came. In fact, the blessing came before circumcision. So, performance is not what makes you blessed, is not what gets you blessed, is not what gets you acceptable before God. It is faith in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me tonight? It is faith in Christ Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. Look at verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Can you see this? So if you live under the law, you are cursed already. For as many as of the works of the law they are cursed. They are under the curse for it is written. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things that are written in the book of the Lord to do them. Can you see what the Bible is saying? So God is saying, oh my God, if only we understand this, then we will, we, will, we will rest from law and we will embrace the grace of God. God is saying that in your attempt to fulfill the law, if you break one, you are cursed. Are you hearing the word of God? You see, when Jesus came, he confronted the Pharisees with the law. You get what I'm trying to say, and that was why you hear Jesus saying, "Okay, you have heard that they said that do not commit adultery and do not do this." He said, "But I say to you that what Moses gave to you is even small. <laughs> I am now telling you that if you look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery." You know what Jesus was trying to say? Jesus is Jesus was trying to make them come to their wit end. He was trying to make them to see their need for a savior that you cannot fulfill this law that you are living your life on. You thought it is only when you sleep with somebody else's wife that you have committed adultery. I am now telling you that greater than what Moses gave you is still in the law. That the moment you look at somebody lustfully, you have committed the act. Are you hearing me? Now let me ask you: how many of you have been innocent of that? So I hope you know David said, if the law should mark sin, who shall stand? If we go by the law sincerely, nobody will be alive by now. Because everybody will have been cursed, doomed, lost their salvation, gone to hell. Are you hearing me? So there must be a reasoning out of this thing. The Bible now says, Let's continue. We are still in Galatians 3. He said. But no, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident the just shall live by faith. So nobody can be justified by the law in the sight of God. He said, and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. To be cursed if you don't do this and do that, will mean that Christ died in vain. When you pay tithe, it is for your sake, not God. I hope you are hearing me now. So don't let anybody put fear in your mind that if you don't pay, it, you are cost. I'm telling you, you are not cost though. No cost will come on you, but <laughs> you are not safe. You know why? You're, the tithe is like, is like an insurance. So just imagine if you don't have health insurance and trouble kicks up. You know you are not safe. That is what your tithe does. It secures the rest. It is the tenth part that secures the rest. So if that is not committed, the rest is not secured. So there is no security. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? And number two is that in the New Testament, generosity and benevolence was taught instead of tithing and offering. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? That is why they never lagged. You see, what is affecting today's church is greed. Is greed. Men, people don't have the giving grace. Are you hearing me? So for the pastors to help people to give, they they, they bring stringent rules and regulation for example i've heard somebody saying that god lost a cheerful giver even if you don't give cheerfully god will accept your offering you hear things like this speak to your money you hear things like if you don't give this your offering you will go poor if you don't give this title, you will come under that course. tell them to show you in the bible so you must understand why you are doing what you are doing are you hearing me tonight you must understand. So, if if you have so much been taught of God, it will even be an insult for you to be given 10%. I'm telling you. It will become an insult that so oh my God is worth 10%. So, your title will not even be 10%. It won't be 20%. It won't be 30%. You can even give out your offering for the month, for the work of the gospel, because you are not living by transaction what you can get from God. You are living by life. The life that is blessed. Are you hearing me tonight? I heard the story of a man many years ago who gives 80%, this 80% of his monthly income to God. And you, you are there, you are struggling with 10%. 10%. You can see that the, 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 it's wide. So am I saying don't pay tight? No. I'm even encouraging you to, but you must understand it. That when you don't pay it, you are not on that course. You are just doing yourself. Are you getting (laughs) what I'm trying to say? You are not secured. You have no insurance. Hmm. So, the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the course of the law. So, we have been set free from the course of the law and law itself. Law itself. Romans chapter 4. Don't forget, we are still in Romans 3, 19, but I just want to expose this thing called law before we get into righteousness. Praise God. Alright, Romans chapter 4. Oh, glory be to God. Look at verse 16. For if they which are of the law heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. So, indirectly, the Bible is saying that the promise is not according to law but according to faith so we are not under the law
1: look at Romans
0: chapter 6 verse 14 to 15 these things are in your Bible Romans chapter 6 14 to 15 for sin shall no longer have dominion over you for ye are not under law under the law but under grace what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace God forbid praise God so you i mean you can read romans chapter 7 let's look at romans chapter 7 verse 4 to 6 and then we move to the next thing romans chapter 7 verse 4 to 6 i'm just trying to validate this thing to you that we have been delivered from the law itself. so don't go and start going back into rules and regulation in trying to please god romans chapter 7 verse 4 to so verse 6. My friend, it's like that for you too. When Christ's body died on the cross, I'm reading English, easy English Bible. When Christ's body died on the cross, you were united within. It is like you have died. So that you are no longer under the authority of Moses' law. Can you see that? It's it's not me. It's the Bible. You are not under the authority of Moses' law. Now you are free to belong to someone else. You belong to Jesus. That is grace. You belong to Jesus, not the Lord of Moses. What are you doing there? What are you doing with the law? You belong to Jesus, whom God raised up after his death. As a result, we can live in a good way that will make God happy. So you can make God happy living under the law. Are you hearing me? You can't. I'm telling you, you can't make God happy living under the law. It's not pleasing to God. Praise God. The only thing that is pleasing to God is a lifestyle of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The only thing that pleases God is when you believe what Jesus has done. Is when you put your faith in the finished work of Christ. That is what is pleasing to God. Your performance is not pleasing to God. Please wake up tonight. There is nothing you can do that will impress God. Don't let anybody deceive you. There is no prayer you can pray that will ever impress God. if, If I pray for the next 72 hours have you prayed that you sweated blood because you want to break record now I don't understand you you see what, is, what has happened to us is that there is pride in the body of Christ so somebody comes and says I just finished 72 hours of prayer so all of you you now look inferior you look eh, like ah, we, we are not close to God those are not the things that make you please God it is for yourself <laughs> 72 hours of prayer does not move God it only advances you Are you hearing me? If you kill yourself, it does not move God. You know why? Jesus has killed himself. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? Okay, what again do you want to do that will please God? You want to pray. I told you Jesus prayed. He was even sweating blood. You have not sweated blood. Okay, so what do you want to do again? You want to sing. Angels have been singing in heaven and they have never stopped till now before you were born. Even after we died. They will still be singing. What do you now want to do that will Okay, you want to give offering. Can your offering be more than the death of Jesus on the cross? So please tell me what exactly you want to do that will win the approval of God. Please, put it in the chat box, I'm open tonight, because this performance mentality must end. Okay, you want to give tithes, <clears throat> there is nothing you can give that is worth much more than the death of Christ on the cross. So what again? Just give me an example, I've, I've learned through what we do, prayer, tithe, offering, fasting and prayer, going to church singing and dancing. So what again? How do you now want to win the approval of God by doing something? There is only one way to please God. It is the lifestyle of faith. Let's go to verse. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. I think we've been able to touch more on the law. I mean, if you want to read more on it, you can read Romans 8 2 to see that we have been rescued from it. Romans 8 2 um second corinthians 3 7 galatians 2 19, galatians chapter 3 24 to 25 you can write them down praise god galatians chapter 5 verse 18 i came with many scriptures so if you are still not thinking that the lord is the way out after all these scriptures something must be wrong somewhere colossians 2 14 first timothy 1 19 hebrews 7 18 to 19 hebrews 8 7 to 13 hebrews 10 8 to 9 all of these things will show you that the law we are not under the law again okay. the law is for lawless people are you lawless the law is for the unrighteous are you unrighteous okay all right so let's look at the next thing romans chapter we are now in romans three twenty. therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in the sight of God. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's another thing that law does. The law awakens or brings about the knowledge of sin. But it does not bring deliverance from sin. You know that's very terrible. Somebody tells you, I mean, this is, I mean, you will fail. Tell me how to succeed. They say, I don't know. <laughs> you just tell me how to succeed. I just I don't know how to succeed, but you are going to fail. That's what the Lord does. The Lord brings about the knowledge of sin, but cannot break the power of sin. Glory be to God. Let's look at verse 21. We are reading through Romans 3. We are now in verse 21. He said, But now I love this scripture. But now the righteousness of God. It didn't say your righteousness the righteousness of god without the law <laughs> that is the righteousness we are talking about the righteousness of God, without the law, is made manifested. It was witnessed by the law and the prophet. Isaiah told us that our righteousness is like a rag. They were talking about one righteousness. Oh my God, David was talking about it. He said, blessed is that man whom the Lord did not impute his sin against. David was telling us, if the law should mark sin, who can stand my God? even the prophet they spoke about this righteousness hey! the prophet spoke about it it is called the righteousness by faith the righteousness by faith quit all this your performance and embrace the righteousness by faith look at verse 22 even the righteousness of god which is by the faith of jesus i I think i'm going to spend a little more time here i want us to study this in depth this verse 22. even the righteousness of god which is by faith did you see faith it is a faith in jesus he said faith of jesus christ there's a difference between faith in jesus and faith of jesus One of the things that this tells us is that this righteousness is not our righteousness and this faith is not our faith. Are you following the the Bible? That's why I said, I, I just want us to dwell a little bit on this verse 22. It didn't say faith in. If it was faith in, that means we already have a faith that we are now putting in Christ. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But if it says faith of, it means that we don't have the faith so the only faith that exists is the faith of jesus that we received when we got born again and i'm going to explain this to you faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god romans 10 17. we are born again by the incorruptible word of god i think that is first peter chapter 1 verse 23 or there about So, what happened is that what gave birth to you is the word of God and the faith of God. Shall I take that again? You are a product of the word of God and the faith of God and the grace of God. So, there was nothing that came from you except your decision. Are you hearing? So, even righteousness is not your righteousness. It is the righteousness of Jesus the only thing is your assent uh, and your acknowledgement to that righteousness is not what you can do how are we healed the same way the faith of Jesus the healing virtue of Jesus and the word of healing and your response your response your re- so all that it requires, is always your response not any other thing your response your response don't forget this analogy you were saved by the word of god the faith of god and the grace of god in case you don't believe come with me to ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 i'm going to establish all these things with the word of god ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 for by grace are ye saved through faith did you see there? Is it by being good? Is it by giving offerings? Is it by praying? Is it by fasting? Why do you not want to be healed by fasting? I don't know where we, You see, you must understand why we do things we do. You don't need to fast to get things from God. Fasting does not change God, it changes you. See, all these you fast, you, you twist the hand of God. You can't twist the hand of God. How you me? I fast. Please don't misunderstand me when I'm saying all of these things. I fast though, by this grace of God, but you must understand the motive and the reason so that you don't just you don't just suffer your body. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself is not you. He like said it is the gift of God. So, what is the gift of God? the grace and the faith. So we can put Ephesians 2 verse 8 as, for by his grace are we saved through his faith. Simple, perfect that way. It is the gift of God. So both the grace and the faith are the gift of God. And what did we do? We received them. We didn't hand the grace. We didn't hand the faith. We both received it too. And we were born again by the word of God that came to us. So let's go back to Ephesians 3.22. So, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus. I still want to dwell more on that faith of Jesus. Come with me to Galatians chapter, before Galatians 2, let's go to Philippians 3. Because this will bring, I mean, it will make all the difference in your life. The faith of Jesus. And I'm going to be tying it together now the faith of jesus please remember this for the rest of your life the faith of jesus we don't have faith the best we had is a physical faith you know that the physical faith that makes you it is physical faith that makes you sit on the chair and you know that you will not fall down that is the faith that makes you board a vehicle and you know that the driver will take you to your destination that is why people suffer faith failure. See, the faith of God cannot fail. The reason why many people think that faith fails today is that they are trying to work with God with their human senses. What they call faith is just mental assent. They are working by human senses and what we call psychological faith. And so when trouble comes up, they begin to shake. Can I ask you a question? All through the earthly ministry of Jesus, did he ever doubt? Let me give you that assignment. Go and read your Bible. Did Jesus ever doubt one day that God would do anything? You know why? The faith of God. Jesus was operating with the faith. So it was not his faith. It was God's faith. And that was the faith you received at salvation, the same faith. So, there is no faith failure, we only have ignorant Christians there cannot be faith failure when they said he is thinking jesus said you don't know what i carry come what i carry come wakes the dead it is the faith of God when he caused the fig tree he left the place the disciples were waiting the following day to see if what he said was true by the following morning they said Jesus the fig tree you caused has died Jesus said he didn't die he died already yesterday you are the one waiting for manifestation in the physical to believe the moment I caused it, it died already. I you know what Jesus told them: have the faith of God. Meaning, that when you have the faith of God, things happen. Please wake up, wake up, wake up. This performance mentality will kill us, and that is why the word of God is correcting us now. He calls it the faith. Of Jesus. So please quickly come with me to Philippians 3 9. We are going to read like three scriptures. If you have a question, please put it in the chat box. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Let's quickly look at that first. Philippians 3 9. Paul said something here. And be, found, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Now, do you, you see at times we don't understand who, who wrote the epistles? The epistle was written by Paul. Now, look at his credential in Philippians 3, verse 3. He said, We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, why does he have no confidence in the flesh? Look at what he began to say. He said, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that, whereof it might be i mean in my trust in the flesh i can do more i was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of israel of the tribe of benjamin i am an hebrew of the hebrews as concerning the law a pharisee concerning ze i was persecuting the church concerning righteousness which is of the law i was blameless this was the man that said all these things i count but don't hear me and hear me well, when you see God in his righteousness, you will part ways with self-righteousness, when you see God in his righteousness, you will detest self-righteousness, I'm telling you, when you see God the way God is, you will never want to live the next moment of your life on your own, the undoing of many believers today is that we don't know God, We only go to church. If you see God the way God is, you will rest from your struggle. I love this Bible. So look at what verse 9 now says. He said, not having my own righteousness which is of law. He said, but that which is through the faith of Christ. Did you see the faith of Christ there? He didn't say the faith in Christ. Paul never said, I have faith in Christ. He said the faith of Christ and the righteousness which is of God by faith. Somebody may say, hey, but uh, that is just one scripture. Ah, let's look at Galatians 2:20. <laughs> let's look at Galatians 2:20. It's not one scripture, it's more than one. Galatians 2:20. He said, I am crucified with Christ; nevertheless I live; yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live now in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of the faith of The faith of (laughs) read Bible. The faith of it is a faith in. You see, the reason why we are failing is that we are trying to have faith in God. You don't need faith in God. You already have the faith of God. Hi, so you can believe everything and anything. You can see, you have a capacity to believe everything and anything. Why? You have the same faith that God has. Hallelujah. If that is the only thing that you get from today's teaching, you are sorted for the rest of your work with God. I'm telling you. And I'm going to show you one more scripture that will blow everything open now. But let's read this Galatians 2 20. finish. He said, but by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Somebody said, but you brought us two scriptures. Ah, let me show you another one. I came with many scriptures. (laughs) Galatians 2.16. There is nothing like faith. You see, oh my God. The problem came when they started preaching to us to do something so that God will be happy with us. That was where the problem came. So we now started praying so that God will be happy with us. We think that it is by much fasting that God is happy Let me shock you. Your prayer does not move God. Your prayer only puts you in alignment with God. There is no time. You see, all what we are doing, we are just wasting time. They came to Jesus. What shall we do to do the works of God? I was thinking Jesus will say, go and pray. Go and fast. Go and do this. Jesus said, there is only one work of God. Believe. (laughs) <laughs> he said, only believe, only believe in me, only believe in me. See, when you understand this thing, you will rest in God. And you know that the goal of the gospel is to bring us into a state of rest. We have many people in church, they are not restful. They are not, you think people are restful, they are dancing or in praise worship, but there is no rest. See, the goal of the gospel is that men will experience rest in their hearts. Can I ask you do you have rest with you? Are you at rest? Financially are you at rest? I'm not saying do you have money. See prosperity is not money in the accounts. Prosperity is that you have all that you need in Christ. Are you at rest financially? Maritally are you at rest? Somebody say you said you came with scriptures. Okay, look at Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the what? By the faith of Christ. Did you see that word again? The faith of Christ. That we might be justified by the faith of Christ. It's repeated again. And not by the works of the law. There is nothing like faith in Christ. It's the faith of Christ. You don't have faith. It is his faith that we have. So when you begin to pray by his faith, then you have his capacity and his ability. And the only thing that will not answer to you is the only thing that cannot answer to God. Are you, are you receiving this thing? The only thing that will no longer answer to you. Jesus said, My father walketh, either to and I walk. As my father has sent me, I am now sending you. Anything that bows to me must bow to you. Anything that I did, you must do. That was why he said it in John chapter 14. He said, greater works, The works that I do, you will do the same thing. Why? My faith is your faith. My faith is your faith. Please, we don't have a faith problem. We only have ignorance problem. Our faith is the faith of God Ah, we can't finish that verse 22 is deep it's deep (laughs) I mean I can spend one hour to teach on it it is too deep but let's pause there for now I'm reading one more scripture and I'm going to be taking questions and then we close from there Ah, are we blessed (laughs) the faith of God Come with me to the scripture God showed me while I was praying, preparing for today's Bible study. I want to beg you, don't be distracted at this moment. This scripture will bless your life greatly. Matthew chapter 14. Glory be to God matthew chapter 14 i'm going to be reading from verse 22 please uh, I, I may take a little more of our time um uh, I, I will take a little more of our time tonight i know we have two more minutes but this thing must just be sealed tonight uh, then we can continue next week matthew I, i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be explaining what happened when peter walked when jesus was walking on the water and he told peter to come yes matthew chapter 14. i'm i'm reading from easy english bible but you can follow me with your own translation i start from verse 22. immediately after this jesus said to his disciples get in the boat and sail across to the other side of the lake jesus said that he would first jesus said that he will first send the crowd away then he would also leave so jesus sent the crowd away after they had gone he went up into a mountain alone to pray when it became dark, it was still there alone. At this time, the boat with the disciples in it was in the middle of the lake. It was a long day from the land. The wind was blowing against the boat and the water was eating it. Please underline this place. The wind was already blowing against the boat. So that means the wind was already there. Please underline it. The wind was already there. It was already blowing against the boats. The the disciples were already experiencing a storm. Okay. Verse 25. Then when it was nearly done, Jesus walked on the water towards his disciples. Now, who was walking on the water? Jesus, the word. Okay. So, the word in person was walking on the waters. The disciples saw him walking on the water. They were frightened. It is a spirit, they said. They screamed loudly because they were afraid. But immediately Jesus said unto them, Be brave, it is I, do not be afraid. Verse 28, Peter replied, Lord, (laughs) is it really you? If it is you, say to me. Now, why did he say say? The only way the disciples recognize Jesus, no matter the situation, is his words. Jesus, Peter said, well, this could be anybody. I mean, the only thing that will make me sure that this is you is when you say, Hi, hi, hi. We are talking about the integrity of the word. ga, ga. See, this is explosive. The integrity of the word. I can see anything. It could be anybody. Anybody could be doing this. But if this is Christ, I will know by the word. He said, just say to me, come here. Walk to me on the water. And Jesus said to him, come to me. Now, Peter did not walk on the water. I know they have told us he walked on the water. No, Peter walked on the word that Jesus spoke. Yeah 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 Jesus, Peter walked on the word Peter did not ask for the water he said say the word release the word and I can bank on the word that if this is Christ his word is true so the word personified released the spoken word and Peter wrote on the spoken word and he experienced what the word personified experienced i don't know maybe you are getting this thing the word personified jesus was walking on the water he released the spoken word peter asked on the spoken word and what the word personified was doing was what the man that believed the spoken word was doing hear me when you come to the place of the word with the faith of God what God will do is what's what you will be doing I don't know if our heart can receive this tonight you see oh God we don't trust God's word We don't, we don't. These people have stayed with Christ enough to trust his word. They said, release your word. Peter said, if only you will speak the word, I will be ready to step out. Now, look at what now happened. But then, Peter saw the wind was still blowing strongly. You know the wind has been blowing before that time, okay. He became afraid and he began to go down into the water. He shouted to Jesus, Lord, save me. The question is, why did he sink? Look at verse 31. Immediately Jesus put out his hand and took hold of Peter. And he said to Peter, you should trust me more than you do. Why did you not believe that I could help you? TPT says, why did you allow doubt to win? So Peter sank because inside of his heart, he began to doubt the integrity of the world. That's number one. Number two, Peter sank because he took his eyes away from the world into the circumstances. The circumstances were there before the world. But when he believed the word, he was living as if the circumstances never existed. That was what the faith of Abraham taught us. He did not consider his own body now dead, physical circumstances, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Let me tie it together now. Righteousness by faith, it doesn't mean that you will not do certain things. But you are not going to look at yourself in the eyes of your action you are going to begin to look at yourself in the eyes of the word of God, who the word of God has called you to be. And as you begin to look at yourself in the eyes of the word of God, that word will begin to form a nature on you and you will now begin to act according to the word. Did you just get that? So don't begin to look at your eyes that, hey, I like I'm a liar. Begin to look at yourself in the eyes of the fact that i have the righteousness of god in christ jesus and as you believe this and begin to affirm this it will begin to change your thinking and your action will align with your thinking somebody is saying, but that is not true when the snake was biting them in the wilderness jesus i mean god told moses to make a brazen serpent he said as many that looked to the serpent i'm sorry to the brazen serpent they will not be harmed by the serpent biting them. It does not mean that the serpent is not there, but as they look to the one that is on the pole, even though they are bitten, it will not harm them. John 3, 15 to 16 now says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so will the Son of Man be lifted up, as many that not believe in him. Oh my God it doesn't matter the sin around it doesn't matter what is happening to others it doesn't matter what is falling others they will not be affected that is the faith of god i think we need to pause here glory to god these things are deep hallelujah let's pause here for today i don't know if you have any questions so what is asking how can we walk in the faith of god that we have received very simple (laughs) Praise God Number one, (laughs) obey his instructions There is what we call the obedience of faith John chapter 2 verse 5 Peter said to the disciples, sorry The mother of Jesus said to the disciples Whatever he tells you to do, do it That's one of the ways Whatever he tells you to do, do it Whatever he has called you, call yourself Whatever he has spoken about you, declare it You get what I'm trying to say Whatever the word of God says, walk with it Whatever they have been, whatever action the word of God is prompting you to do, do it. Whatever action the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do, do it. Lay hand on the sick. Lay hand. Are you, you are not the one that will heal them. He said he will heal them. Lay hand. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That is how we work by the faith of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We respond to instructions, promptings, and other things that we get from God directly through his spirit or the word of God. Praise God. We also walk in his word. Please don't forget that. This faith is not outside of the word of God, it is in line with the word of God. I don't know if I've answered that question. Please if you have a question, please put it in the chat box before we close tonight. I know we have exceeded our time, but I just needed to to, to explain that thing we opened. Uh, There was no way I could pause in between. Praise God. Please, any other question tonight before we go? So you now understand what the law is. I mean, you now understand that the purpose of the law, in case you came in late, go and This is one message you me. You have to go and listen to it. I beg you. You have to go and listen to it again and again and again and again and again. Praise God. I have explained the law, the purpose of the law, the weakness of the law, the limitation of the law, the effects of the law, and why grace came. And Jesus came and the righteousness by faith is now where we are passing tonight. So please, this is just one diet that you will need to feed on again and again. I know some things I might have shared here are strange to you. Yes, it happens. Go and listen to this teaching again and again. Open those scriptures again and again. And as you do that, more light will begin to shine. So if there are no questions, can I lead us to pray tonight? I want to pray with those who have not placed uh, I mean, who has not um, received Jesus into their life, who has not come to terms with Jesus. I'm not saying you don't go to church. I'm not saying you don't pray. I'm not saying you don't give a friend and tithe and all of those things. But I am asking you that, have you come to the place of rest? Have you come to taste of the goodness of the salvation, of I mean, of the saving power of Christ? Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you received this faith? Have you received this grace? Have you received the gift of eternal life? If you have not done this, let me pray with you tonight by asking you to just bow your heart with me and pray this prayer of faith with me from the depth of your heart. Just bow your heart with me tonight, hallelujah. Just bow your heart with me. Let's let's just say this word together tonight. Bow your heart with me and say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today as a sinner. I believe that you died for me. And on the third day, you rose again so that I can be justified. Right now, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and save you. I confess you openly as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Now I know that my sins are forgiven. My guilt are gone. My condemnation and condemnation is no more. I'm a child of God. Thank you Jesus for saving me. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, we believe according to the Word of God that you just got born again. So get into a good Bible-based church, uh, when we say Bible-based church, not a church that is close to your house, praise God. Alright, so find a church that is close to the Word of God or a church that will get you closer to the Word of God, praise God, and begin to feed on the Word and begin to experience the victorious Christian life. And in case you want us to be part of your salvation journey, join us every Saturday, 5 p.m. GMT Plus 2, where we come together to feed on the Word of God and get to understand the life that we have been saved to live. Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright, before we go tonight, can I release you with just one minute to pray? I just want to release you to pray. Now you've heard the word of God, you know the kind of faith you have, praise God. Next week I would dwell more on the issue of this verse 22 and then we'll look at some other issues there and then probably we'll see the remaining verses in Romans chapter 3. But I would like you to pray, exercise the faith of God that you have exercise that faith right now you just have one minute one minute to do that remember the bible says we have received the same spirit of faith and therefore we speak and therefore we speak one of the proofs of faith is utterance genesis chapter 1 verse 1 god saw what was happening in verse 2 he saw it was unpleasant, he saw everything but he was not declaring it. He said let there be light and in verse 3 there was light. Alright, so I just want to give you a few seconds to decree what are the things you want to see. Stop saying the things that are happening. Start saying the things that should happen. Are you hearing me tonight? So lift up your voice right now in the next 30 seconds. Begin to declare according to the word of God the things you want to begin to see. Stop explaining what is happening. Stop announcing what is happening. Stop, stop explaining to people what is happening. Start announcing the expectation. Do that in the next 20 seconds. Please open your mouth and speak forth with faith. Open your mouth and speak forth with faith. What are you expecting to happen? You have 10 more seconds to do that. 10 more seconds. Speak forth with faithfulness in your heart, with faithfulness in your spirit. Speak forth. Five more seconds to go. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for this revelation. So deep, a blessing. So deep, a mystery. And blessed are our eyes that saw this and our ears that heard this. Receive our thanks in the name of Jesus. Now for every declaration of your children tonight, I decree they are converted to testimony in the name of Jesus. Therefore, as you go from here, I call you blessed. I declare you blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. You are favored in the name of Jesus His favor is covering you like a shield. Therefore, as you go, no more frustration, no more rejection, no more disappointment. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen and amen.